How about that? How about that, folks? Hello, folks. Yes, come on, folks. You're all saying no sound, but I'm talking now, and it should be coming clear. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> all right. This is Joseph P. Farrell with the news and views from the Nefarium. <laughs> I always forget to unclick my mute button, folks. <laughs> but anyway, like I was saying, this is news and views from the Nefarium on March 25th, 2021. Don't forget we have the vid chat tomorrow. <coughs> Pardon me. That will be the vid chat at uh, 6.30 American Central Time for the Americas and Pacific members. Get your questions, comments in before I hit the sack tonight uh, because I print them out today uh, when I prior to going to bed and then arrange them for the vid chat tomorrow. I'll be there early like I always am for a couple of hours of uh, pre-chat. Yeah, I know. Cat Lady says every week, no sound. Uh, it's it's my fault, Cat Lady. I always forget to unmute my mic. <laughs> so anyway, I have two very unusual, very different stories to talk about today. And they're both disturbing to me, and they open up all sorts of possibilities for some high-octane speculation. And they are completely unrelated to each other, so I'm not trying to imply that by talking about these uh, two stories that there's some sort of relationship between them other than the obvious. But uh, I do mean to imply that there's something going on behind each of them. And I'll be talking a little bit about that. Now, this first one is a story from just yesterday that uh, I was only going to talk about one of these stories today, and that's the second one. But when I got into my uh, email inbox today and started going through the emails, uh, I found this article, and this one to me is very, very disturbing. Uh, and for all of you contemplating taking these vaccines. Listen to this story very carefully. The story is titled, Ast Chief AstraZeneca Scientist Josip Baselga uh, Developing Anti-COVID-19 Therapies Dies of Rare Neurological Disease. Okay, now, the headline here itself is already a bit of misdirection. Rare Neurological Disease, just wait till you hear what it turns out to be. And again, I am taking this story at face value. Uh, I did not have time to track it down, uh, although it does appear on an Indian news service website. Uh, but the reason I'm giving it credit, I'll get to when I get to the end of the article. So here we go. Quote, the chief scientist at AstraZeneca Josip Baselga, who was developing anti-COVID-19 therapies based on his experience in cancer, has died of Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease. Let me stop right there, folks. If you don't know what Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease is, the other name for it is mad cow. All right? A rare, rapidly evolving degenerative neurological disorder. It's also uh, called bovine spongiform encephalopathy because if you look at the 
pictures of brain cells of people who have suffered from and died. There is no cure from this disease. The, the brain cells look like they've just been shot with a shotgun. There's all sorts of holes in the cell. Hence the name spongiform. A rare, rapidly devolving degenerative neurological disorder. He was roped in, those are the words of the article, by AstraZeneca after a major scandal broke out since he failed to disclose his vast financial ties to various companies in journal articles. Yosef Baselga was the chief medical officer at uh, Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. He resigned after a major financial scandal broke out and was roped in by AstraZeneca. He joined the company at the beginning of 2019 as director of cancer research and development area and was based in Gaithersburg, Maryland, in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. He died of Creutzfeldt-Jakob's disease, a rapidly evolving de degenerative neurological disorder, reported the Spanish outlet uh, La Vanguardia. He was born in Barcelona in 1959, uh, two years after I was born, as a matter of fact. So he was 62 years old. Now, that's a disturbing article. And there is, I want you to note, there is nothing in the article that to suggest any connection between the disease from which he allegedly died and any COVID-19 vaccine. There is no mention that he took any of these vaccines. However, I suspect that given the fact that he was involved in that research, that he might have taken his own company's vaccine. And as we probably know, uh, most of you probably know and are aware, many countries are pulling that vaccine, particularly in Europe, off of their offering to their populations to take because of emerging problems with blood clots and things like that. However, what's interesting to me here is the reference to Creutzfeldt-Jakob's disease or Bungie, uh, bovine spongiform encephalopathy, to give it its other name, or its popular name, Mad Cow. Because if you have been following my website over the last couple of weeks, I've been posting articles about COVID-19 and these vaccines. And more recently, I have posted a couple of articles by some physicians and scientists indicating that one possibility of an adverse reaction is precisely the possibility that these vaccines might create prion disorders. And prion disorders, prions are the little proteins, uh, and the disorders are how they fold, and this is has been strongly suspected to be at the root of Creutzfeldt-Jakob's disease, these misfolding proteins that get into the brain and start, you know, wreaking havoc with brain cells. And hence with, you know, if you've ever seen a person or an animal suffering from mad cow, you'll discover that they have lost and increasingly lose uh, the ability to control their nervous system. So it's a very serious thing. And it's those studies that, make me suspect that this article might be true 
And if it is true, then it means that there's some interesting omissions in the article, namely, did this man, did this scientist that was working for AstraZeneca take their vaccine? Now, I can wager money that most of you suspect exactly what I suspect. It's what we're not being told here. That's the real story. So that I just wanted to bring that to your attention because I think it's a significant development. Keep your eyes on it in coming weeks. I think it possibly might get worse. And as I've said all along, folks, <clears throat> the problem, <clears throat> pardon me, the problem with these vaccines is there has been no and can have been no intergenerational long-term effects testing. These are a big, huge roll of the dice. All right, now, on a completely separate <laughs> story, this one, I... I Again, this boggles my mind because this is right out of the Jerusalem Post. It's uh, reporting on a story that has been going around on Reuters, and it's datelined today, okay? And, folks, this is just mind-boggling. And, again, I have a high-octane speculation and suspicion to advance here. The story is titled, Ship Blocking Suez Canal Like a Beached Whale Could Be Stuck for Weeks. And I'm going to read a few paragraphs, <coughs> uh, several paragraphs, as a matter of fact, from this article. And again, these two articles will be linked uh, for you once I post this on the website. But I want you to listen very carefully here, not so much to, as to what they're saying, but again, as to what they might not be saying. So here we go. Quote, a container ship blocking the Suez Canal like a beached whale may take weeks to free. The salvage company said as officials stop it, stopped all ships entering the canal on Thursday in a new setback for global trade. The 400-meter or 430-yard-long ever given, almost as long as the Empire State Building is high, is blocking transit in both directions through one of the world's busiest shipping canals for oil, grain, and other trade linking Asia and Europe. And folks, I can't show you the picture of this thing, but I looked at the picture, and sure enough, here's this big, long, huge container ship literally sitting at kind of an angle, and if you didn't know it was at an angle, you'd swear it was just sitting perpendicular to the sides of the Suez Canal. I mean, it's just all the way across the canal, okay? And listen to how the article here describes this. The Suez Canal Authority said eight tugs were working to move the vessel, which got stuck diagonally across the single-lane southern stretch of the canal on Tuesday morning amid high winds and a dust storm. We can't exclude it might take weeks, depending on the situation. Peter Ofsky, CEO of the Dutch company Boskalis, which is trying to free the ship, 
told Dutch television, Neusver, uh, and I, I pardon my Dutch, folks. If you speak Dutch, I don't know how to speak Dutch. A total of 156 large container ships, tankers carrying oil and gas, and bulk vessels hauling grain have backed up at either end of the canal, Egypt's Leth Agency said, creating one of the worst shipping jams seen for years. Skipping here, listen to this. Berdowski said the ship's bow and stern had been lifted up against either side of the canal. It's like an enormous beached whale. It's an enormous weight on the sand. We might have to work with a combination of reducing the weight by removing containers, oil, and water from the ship, and then tugboats and dredging of sand. Skipping again. Every port in Western Europe is going to feel this, Leon Willems, a spokesman for Rotterdam Port, Europe's largest, said. We hope for both companies and consumers that it will be resolved soon. When these ships do arrive in Europe, there will be inevitably longer waiting times. And dig this, skipping again. Russia and Saudi Arabia are the two top exporters of oil through the canal, while India and China are the main importers, oil analytics firm Vortexus said. Consultancy Kepler said the canal accounted for only 4.4% of the total oil flows, but a prolonged disruption would complicate flows of Russian and Caspian oil to Asia and oil from the Middle East into Europe. So there we go. The Suez Canal has a ship blocking the entire canal from diagonally from one side to the other. And somehow, as this article says, let me go back and reread it. The ship's bow and stern had been lifted up against either side of the canal. Now, what I'm taking away from that is that somehow the ship was raised or lofted perhaps on a huge swell of water. It turned diagonally, and then as the water receded, the ship was settled down on the bow and the stern against either side of, of the canal. Now, <laughs> folks, yeah, space goes, tides, well, you know, here the problem is the... Um, the, the problem of, of the tides explanation is, you know, they've been running the Suez Canal for, you know, over 100 years, and you would think that by now they know how to handle the tides or how to expect tides. And here's the problem. If you look at the picture of this thing, it is canted at such an extreme angle to the canal that I have to wonder just as one, only one, there are probably many, but only one possible scenario here. And again, they said there was a severe sandstorm or dust storm. And again, that's not unusual for the area. These things have not apparently caused, I don't know, but have not caused such a massive disruption of shipping due to such a massive shipping and handling accident in the canal before. So again, 
the sandstorm explanation is looking a little wobbly to me. So how do we get a huge container ship to twist itself diagonally at such an angle? And folks, here's my speculation. Do you all remember the USS John Fitzgerald incident in the Sea of Japan off the uh, eastern coast of Japan a few years ago where it collided with a cargo ship. And at the time, I speculated, and I still adhere to this view, that this was not just a crew error on the part of either the cargo ship or the warship. I suspected at the time, and I still strongly suspect, that there was some interference perhaps remote, perhaps electromagnetic, I don't know, either with the steering mechanism of the ship or with the crew steering the ship. Because again, remember, mind manipulation technologies do exist that you can remotely, through electromagnetic means, influence a person's behavior. Now, I'm not saying that that is what's the case here, but I am suggesting it's a possibility. Otherwise, how do we explain a large cargo ship being so unusually canted to the sides of the canal? In other words, was this a steering error on the part of the cargo ship's crew? Was it a mechanical malfunction? There's something we're not being told about this article. So I would want to hear from the crew and what they were thinking and experiencing before this accident happened. Was there a sudden swell of water? And so on and so forth. This is very suspicious. In other words, it's occurring at a time and at a place that it really shouldn't be there. So I am, I don't know about you folks, call me crazy. I'm suspecting that there is much more afoot here than merely an accident in the Suez Canal involving a cargo ship that somehow has its bow and stern embedded in the sandy sides of the Suez Canal. I'm just, um, yeah, remotely hacked. You know, it's, um, it, you know, it's, it's just, it's just, it, it could be anything. But I'm not buying that a professional crew that's used to probably going through the canal is going to steer the ship that wildly. This is either something else causing the crew to do this. It may be a mechanical malfunction. It may be cyber hacking. Who knows? And the, reason I, the other reason I'm suspicious here, folks, is go back about six to eight months and those stories of ships that were being spotted around the world just traveling in great big huge circles all the time and no one could explain why this was going on so i suspect there is much more to that story as there is much more to the first story so please keep your eyes and ears peeled folks on these two things if you guys see or spot something out there about these two stories, please do send them along and send me an email because uh, there's something fishy 
here. Something something is as rotten as a mackerel on the moonlit beach here, folks. They these two stories both shine and stink. Okay. Anyway, I'll see you folks, uh, members, uh, tomorrow for the vid chat. That'll be at 6.30. I'll be in there early for the pre-chat and so on. For the rest of you, take it easy. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Bye-bye, and God bless. We'll see you on the flip side.